guys, it's your girl Annette Harris, your certified mental health ambassador and host of Mind Mending in the Net podcast. It is all brought to you by Get Caught in Net Incorporated, of which I am CEO. I thank you so much for joining us on this current episode. I always want you to think of this experience as a net for your mind to mend. And also make sure you subscribe to my Mending in the Net. You can go to Spotify, um, Google, or wherever you get your podcast shows. Let's say my mantra. You should know it by now. Everything starts in the mind. Everything starts in the mind. On today's episode, what we're going to do is to have maybe a part two from the previous episode where we talked about positive mental health as it relates to our children. So before we get into the topic of the day, I want to, of course, make sure that I give you your positive mental health tip for today. So today's tip, I want you to think as you go along your as your day evolves and begins, on a daily basis, I want you to write down a positive affirmation. And it could be a scripture from the Bible, or it could be something positive that may have touched you at some point. Maybe you've seen it on social media, and you can relate to it. So write down a positive affirmation. And then I also want you to write down three things that you plan to do on that day. And then the last thing I want you to do is to write down three things that you're going to learn in that day. So this is your positive mental health tip for today. So make sure you do that and look for everything positive. All right, so let's just hop right into our topic for today. I am truly excited because I am actually uh, hosting a guest for today, and I'm excited about that because they're going to help me to facilitate this topic. So as we stated, we are going to do a part two of discussing uh, positive mental health as it relates to our children. And I have been extremely concerned about our children and making sure that their health mentally is intact. So my guest for today is Josh Matoyer, and I am actually going to allow him to introduce himself on today. But before I allow you to introduce yourself, how are you doing on today? Good, Miss Annette. How are you? I'm doing great. It is so good to see you. And I'm so glad that you're going to help us out with this topic. But before we get into that, why don't you introduce yourself to everyone? All righty. My pleasure. Uh, I'm Josh Matoyer, as Miss Annette um, said. I am 23 years old. Um, 
I am currently a police officer right now. That's my profession. I'm actually a brand new police officer. Um, so um, I think that this topic is like near to me, especially when it relates to children, because I am actually pursuing a career furthermore, other than my law enforcement career. And I haven't announced it yet, but I guess this is my official announcement um, that I'm going into elementary education um, very soon. So I'm actually pursuing my degree in early in uh, elementary education right now um, because children, like children are very, very near and dear to my heart. Um, pursuing a career um, with children in some type of way is near and dear to my heart. So um, I think, yeah, so that's my formal introduction. Um, if every, I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody has seen me around. Um, I've made appearances on Missing That Show before, um, but I'm excited that she asked me to, and honored that she asked me to be a part of this conversation because I think that I'm going to, it's gonna be more heartfelt than, um, than Miss Annette might want, but this topic is near to me when it comes to children and mental health and um, my experience um, in the mental health, you know, stuff, so. You know what? That was on point, Josh. We didn't even plan this because I had no clue that Josh was furthering his education in that field. I just felt impressed to ask him to be the guest on uh, the show today regarding this topic. God knows all things and he does everything well. Uh, that really excites me. Um, you're the perfect person. Uh, to help facilitate this discussion. And the episode prior to this one, I actually gave statistics according to a, um, a study that I had been researching. And there were staggering numbers that talked about how our children had been affected in a negative sense mentally. And even more so, since we've been in this pandemic, the numbers were on the rise because our young people, they were confused. They didn't know exactly what to expect. They weren't around with their friends. You know, things had to be basically put uh, at a standstill. They couldn't, you know, do like they normally do. They couldn't go to school. They couldn't hang out with their friends. And so it had actually a negative effect on our children mentally. And unfortunately, sometimes we don't recognize that and we don't really believe that, um, that they're affected. We think that they can just bounce back, that they're young, they'll get over it. But no, studies found that that's not true. They are really affected mentally. Um, when you did, when you are looking at things like a pandemic or uh, tragedies that have surrounded them, and you know in their uh, neighborhoods or areas, it affects them. And so, with that in mind, we have to understand and realize that we have to help them. 
We must reach out to our young people. We can't just dismiss them and think that they'll be okay. Uh, they should just go somewhere and maybe play a game or something. No, this is serious. This is really, really serious. And the number of uh, patients um, amongst our youth was actually on the rise during the time of COVID. And a lot of the children's hospital, um, actually even here um, in the Midwest, actually confirmed that, that the um, patients, the young people, they increased um, because they, they couldn't handle all of this mentally. So we're going to actually, uh, let's jump into this and talk about this. So let's see here. In terms of our uh, young people, we don't, sometimes I don't think people even understand that when the mental health issues could begin. And they really begin when um, children are in school. Yeah. Some people are like, really? Is that true? It is true. And by the age of 14, half of all mental illness will begin by the age of 14. And I'm getting, I'm getting my stats from NAMI, uh, which is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Okay, so you guys can go and check that out. You can confirm what, I, what I'm pulling up as far as these stats are concerned. But again, half of all mental illness begins by the age of 14. So let me let me backtrack a little bit. I had been thinking about the nine-year-old that witnessed George Floyd's death. She was nine years old at the time. I don't know if she's turned 10 yet or when her 10th birthday would come around. But if you think about that, here is this young girl. She was on her way to the store with her cousin. Seemed like, a, you know, to go and get some candy or whatever. Seemed like a normal day. And then her life changed forever. And during the trial, they had, you know, had a lot of different ones on the witness stand. And my heart went out to her so much because I'm like, here is this young girl. She, her life has changed, seeing this man's life literally taken away from him right before her eyes. How many times is she going to replay that in her mind over and over again? They actually interviewed her on one of the um, morning news shows, because I think she said she's going to write a book, a <laughs> nine, 10 year old. Uh, but I was thinking, this is going to replay over and over in her mind. It's going to affect her mentally. So then what we need to do before we get to that stat talking about age 14, we need to jump in and nurture and help her and, and, and do what we can so that what's being replayed in her mind won't take her, you know, take her, take her over and have her doing adverse things. And so it won't you know, uh, present negative, positive, uh, I'm sorry, negative mental health in her mind. We want her to have positive mental health. So um, also another stat, uh, on average, eight to 10 years will pass from the onset of symptoms of mental illness to the time of intervention for those living with those conditions. 
And it says in the life of a child, these are critical developmental years. So it, it, it's key. And I'm like, again, I'm glad John said he's, he's going to go into early childhood. Um, it, you know, as far as his studies are concerned, this is what he wants to deal with. So this, these are those ages, you know, these are critical developmental years. So with all that in mind, Josh, uh, what, first, let me ask you, what do you think about those statistics? And then even what I mentioned about the nine-year-old that uh, we uh, know that witnessed George Floyd's death. Um, I 100% agree. So, uh, some of this I didn't even know. Um, so it's a good thing that um, I'm a part of this discussion because you're educating me. So when I see it again, I'm like, oh, I know that, you know, and it's just about, I'm also becoming educated. Um, yeah. I'm gonna speak on the, on the George Floyd um, incident. So children, children adapt to what they see. So children also, they, they're, they absorb everything. And if you, and you may not know it upfront and like see it upfront, but children are influenced by what they see at a young age. Ch young children, they consume, and that's why it's so critical that like teachers and educators at such a young age, they teach kids um, what needs to be taught and, be, and need to be careful of how they bring information to children because children consume information in, in crazy ways. Yeah. So, it, I've, I've studied the develop the development of a child um, the development of a child's brain and how they how they consume information and how they physically and mentally adapt and change so like and, and develop so a child consuming information at age three is going to be different from a child consuming information at age 17 so that nine-year-old girl, she's still in that range where she is absorbing and she's, she's absorbing what's going on around her and still influenced by what's going on around her. Then somebody my age um, who understands that what I see can and cannot influence me and I can, I can take it how I want it and I can let it influence me if I want it to. Children three years, two years and younger, they they, they're going to absorb the information regardless. And they're going to, eventually, it's gonna affect them eventually, even though you might not see it at face value, not see it up front, but eventually it's gonna take over them. And that's why you have to be careful of what you do around children because they, it's crazy how they, they know and they consume that information. Babies pick up on things really easily. Um, and then they, they adapt it. Um, very easily so it's I, I do agree and I didn't even I didn't even know about the statistics um until you just told me um yeah. but yeah I'm also sitting here taking notes like as you're speaking um that's why I keep looking over because I'm taking notes on on this segment um and then key things that you, like key words that you say um I'm gonna speak on nurture later okay. but um I wrote that down and I started because that's 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 a big a big thing that I want to get into. So, okay, and you you said some great things there, um, and I, I I think it's, you're right. Children are sponges, really. 
they soak up, you know, and you're right. It is, it is crucial and it is key what we show them um, as adults. We're, we're the adults, you know? Um, so we have to, uh, we have to show them, them the, the right way and, and to help them. Um, you say you want to talk about nurture. Uh, maybe this can kind of slide into that, but in terms of nurturing, well, where should that originate from? The nurturing of the child, um, in in your in your in your estimation, what what do you think? Where should that come from? Um, because we, you know, there's so many different uh, thoughts on it, or who should, you know, the the, the teachers are saying the parents should do it, the parents and the teachers should do it. You know, what I mean, uh, where 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 should that nurturing really come from? And is there just one? area that it could come in right um so i think that it depends um i'm not going to jump out and say that the parents need to be the nurturing figure because in some child's life their only source of nurturing is at school their only parental figures are their teachers or other influences other than their parents people think that that nurturing should automatically come from the parents. Sometimes, sometimes, especially in the community in which I work, I see kids and I deal with kids and it just saddens me because it's like, I know that I may be their only, their only source of influence because when they go home at the end of the day, end of the day I don't even wanna think about, you know, how miserable they are at home. And you can, you can kind of see where how these how these kids you know ended up to be the way that they are or they're perceived they they get that from somewhere um i think that there's no no greater nurturing than a mother's nurturing in my opinion but i also feel that that it has to be natural um my chief of police she has that nurturing ability and um, and ability an ability to just naturally like nurture a child. Um, like her her touch when she she actually um, on one of our calls yesterday, um, she actually ran into like this. I think the child was six weeks old, and it was a baby baby, and like that child. I haven't seen, I haven't seen like that ability to just like, to, um, to be able to, to, okay. Um, I haven't seen that ability to be able to physically like touch a, a, a child the way that, this, that my chief like touched this child and, um, and the baby just naturally like cradled to her. So some, some, for some people it's natural. Um, and she also spoke on something else that's like a, a nurture, the nurturing phase shouldn't be, it shouldn't be forced. If a child, if a child does not naturally like conform to you, it shouldn't be forced at all. That, that shouldn't be a forcing thing. Um, because children know, ch children know they they can they they immediately sense it 
um, they they sense when it's not it's not genuine, um, and that that shouldn't be the the nurturing phase is like I feel should be the most critical point in a child's life, um, and it might not come from the parents. It might come from school. It might come from counselors. It might come from a law enforcement officer or something. Um, but that's my opinion on the nurturing phase. It, it should not be rushed. It should not be forced. It needs to be natural. And it might not be from the parents. So mm. all the stipulations about, you know, the nurturing phase needs to come from the parents. It needs to start with the parents. That's not, ne that's not necessary because sometimes the parents are the problem. Mm. You know, <laughs> wow, you're kind of really getting into something there, which are, you know, are, are very great points. Now, um, I will say this now, I believe probably, I don't know if your, uh, what was it, your sergeant or chief, who was that? Chief. Your chief. I'm not sure if they, if she's um, a parent or not, but that's where the natural uh, nurturing came in what she what you described what she experienced with the six six week old that's that natural nurture see we have a net as women we have a natural natural nurturing um, um a characteristic or whatever you want to call it if you will within us we we do have that within our nature that that's what god gave us right there's the nurture there's the nature okay so we have that nurturing um uh, aspect uh, you know, within us. So I believe that's why the six week old was so, you know, able to uh, connect with her. Now the thing, and, but, but see, you, you brought out the other side, which is very, very true. Hmm. We have that within us, but see, if that hasn't been cultivated. Exactly. You can't recycle it. You can't, you know, carry it on to someone else. So if that wasn't cultivated in your chief, she wouldn't have been able to do it with the six week old or whoever else she's, she encounters. So um, you mentioned about, you know, sometimes it is the, there is a problem with the parents and that is true. So you have, you have children having, babies having babies as they always call it. Exactly. And so they don't necessarily know how to raise a child or what, or to give the child what they actually need or to nurture them. Um, so then with that in mind, because every, every household in the United States of America is not set up where it's an ideal, quote unquote, ideal situation where you have the, the beautiful nurturing parent and they're just giving their all to their child. That's a perfect world, but we don't have that all the time. So then with that in mind, okay, where else could it come from? Um, right. Do you think that, you know, uh, could it come from the schools? Could it come from the uh, educators, um, you know, in, in that respect? Uh, or sometimes it could be a double. You could have it from the parents and from the from the um, the educators. But it, it has to come from somewhere because we got to get them. We got to get them before the age of 14. We have to because we don't want them to experience mental illness. We don't want whatever they, they've seen in their growing up to dictate the rest of their life, you know, to be um, um, negative or you know, some people say they don't, they don't, um, my life is not worth it or whatever. You don't want them to get to that point. Um, so, you know, I guess the, the, the question was, I think I had for you, and th this is all flowing together. Do you think schools should get involved 
in helping um, to identify struggling students and linking them with effective services. So with that nurturing, do you think the school should get involved with that? Uh, yes. So I think schools specifically have in place those type of resources. Um, and they, they also have the professionals that immediately recognize these types of signs. And I think one of these questions talks about the signs and the early signs. Um, I believe, I think, yes, we need to get involved. And I think that we should have specialized training as educators and future educators mm -hmm. um, to recognize the signs of, of uh, mental illness in children, especially older, older children and, and, and reaching uh, young adulthood and adulthood and middle adulthood the signs may be obvious and a child it's not so obvious. So, you know, you have, um, you have uh, early onsets of autism, you have stuff like that where, it's, where the signs may not be so obvious, especially in younger children. Um, you know, how, how, am I, how is the average person supposed to know or the average educator supposed to know that, um, you know, this child, he doesn't conversate with the rest of the kids on a regular basis. Um, it's something just isn't isn't right, you know. It something's different with this child and the other children, um, and it's recognizing those signs that's pretty that's that's really critical, especially when the only people that may have an influence and may start the process of getting this child help is the educators and the schools and the teachers and the principal. Um, so I do think that it should start in the school. I think that we as educators and future educators should be trained on recognizing signs because the earlier we get the child help, the earlier that that, that child will be more inclusive into society, if that makes any sense. That makes a whole lot of sense. I like that. I like that. And, you know, again, guys, you know, listen to this episode on today. Um, this is a young man I have as my guest. So it, it's actually refreshing to hear this um, come from him or someone in his generation. Uh, I don't know if he wants to share his age or not, but, you know, in his generation, I'll just say that. But it, it, it's refreshing to hear it because... You know, when I, when I asked him to be on, I actually said this to him. I said, I can talk all day long and I can give stats all day long about this subject. But to hear it, uh, your perspective, to hear the perspective from someone that is, you know, a young person, millennial, youth, or whatever, is that, that I think can hit home a little bit better when they interviewed the nine-year-old on the, on the morning news show, it was, they, they could have just talked about, you know, how she, you know, she saw, you know, the unfortunate incident with George Floyd, da, 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 da. They could have just talked about it all day long. They had all the information in front of them, but I think it was more effective to hear from her directly. And, you know, she was a little shy when she got on there, but it was, it was good to hear um, her, her thoughts and, you know, how this was, uh, how it was affecting her. So we want to make sure that we address it. Josh, I want to, did you have a, uh, something else that you want to address? No. Okay. 
because I want to ask you real quick, and I know we're, we're, we're running out of our time here, but real quick, I wanted to ask you before we end on today, maybe kind of give us a brief, um, a brief explanation of why you are really going into this, this additional area, the early childhood. Um, was this something personal for you um, or were you just, um, I just want to make sure that I, I, I help young people or um, the children. Um, maybe you can kind of briefly tell us that a little bit before we end on today. So um, I, I've always had a love, a deeper love and a deeper passion for children. Um, I have always been interested and it's always fascinated me how children develop at different stages and the different stages um, that they develop. Um, I love learning about, I love seeing like that like light in children's eyes when you teach them something else or they discover something new. Um, that light in that fire, like that was me at one point. And I kind of like want to, I want to go more into that. Um, it's, it's been a struggle for me kind of because um, sometimes as a, as a police officer, I'm mostly seeing kids at like their worst kind of like circumstances, whether it be there, I mean, it's, and it's not their fault. So it saddens me, um, so it saddens me and it, it, it just like that, it lights a fire that, that makes me want to go into educating kids and being around kids more um, in, a, in a classroom setting. Um, I have been a part of programs where I have um, been a volunteer instructor um, in various elementary schools. And I think that's that God was speaking to me, um, especially when I'm in the classroom and they're, Mr. Josh, Mr. Josh. It's like, it's like, God, you're not slick at all. Like you, you telling me something like, this is where I need to be. Um, and lately I have, I've prayed about it and prayed about it. And like, I see myself in a classroom. I see myself creating lesson plans for kids. I see, you know, me greeting my students every single day. And I see the, the alphabet strips around the classroom, how I'm going to set up my classroom and how I want my classroom run. So I think that I think that I have I have that gift to reach children and to just be that nurturing figure. Um, you don't see a lot of male nurturing figures, especially you don't see a lot of male African American. I'm I'm hitting some points, but you don't see a lot of male African American teachers or or like nurturing figures because males often tend to feel that oh, I'm manly. I can't, sh I can't be a nurturing figure. And I think that's nonsense to me. Like, I think that as a police officer, kids see me in uniform, they don't see, they don't see an intimidating figure, you know, cause I, I, um, I just the other day, um, you know, I ran into some kids and they, they wanted to, I was locking up, you know, um, the, the area in which I patrol and one of the kids wanted to help me um lock up you know the area and they were like hey, can we help you lock up can i help you lock up 
And I, just because I didn't want to give them that responsibility of locking um, the area up and securing the area, I needed to make sure I did it. But I let her hold the flashlight, hold my flashlight while, she, while I did it. So it's little things like that, that changes the, it changes the, the atmosphere of law enforcement community. Um, and it's just, it's, it's, it's something that's passionate of mine, seeing kids, you know, wanting to help and giving them that sense of responsibility, that little things like that grows kids into leaders. Like it's little things like that. And I want to expand on that. I don't want to just stop it, you know, outside on patrol. I want to go more further into it. I want to educate myself on how kids learn and develop and, and develop at different stages and what, what obstacles kids face when they're learning. Cause I haven't, I haven't always been the person that I am today. Um, it wasn't until late grammar school that I got myself together um, and realized that I need to grow up. This maturity stuff is out of the way. And then I never turn back. I literally, you know, I've, I've been a part of um, NHS, um, the National Society of High School Scholars. And I just, it's been about education and like bettering myself from then on. And now I want to pass, I want to pass on, even as a young teacher, I want to develop my sense of how I'm going to educate the next generation of potential leaders. Because that's what, what, that's what kids need now. They need a male, a male figure who's willing to nurture them. I want to love my students. It's like, I'm going to love my students. Like, you know, they're my own. That's the type of classroom. And I've been in classrooms where like the teacher was, was like a motherly figure or a fatherly figure. I've been a part of that and I just loved it. It, 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 it boosted me to want to succeed in that class. So long story short, <laughs> that's the reason why I want to go into um, to um, elementary education and, and continue with the career that I want to pursue. I love it. I love it. Oh my God, that was a perfect, perfect explanation. And um, I can I can see why you need to be in that in that area. <laughs> I can see it. it. It it permeates. Your eyes light up when you talk about the children. So that 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 will help you, you know, as you you go into that area. So I am so excited that that is um, what you're going to be doing, and we're going to keep up with you. I'm I am thanking you for joining me on this segment, this episode on today. Uh, there's so much more, of course, uh, to discuss. And so we're gonna have to get you back. How about that? Of course. <laughs> okay. okay, all right, great. Well, guys, I thank you so much for joining us on today, for listening to this, this uh, episode of Mind Mending in the Net. Hopefully there was something that was said to encourage you, or maybe maybe you learned some things. Uh, even as Josh uh, mentioned, there are some stats that he that he didn't know about. So maybe there's some things that um, we we mentioned on today that can help you to address um, positive mental health um, in our youth and in our children. Uh, you may need it for your own child, or maybe you're an educator or someone else that you know. Um, so take all of this in and apply it. Now, I am going to encourage you all 
um, to join me in the next episode. So to do that, I'm going to ask you to make sure you subscribe uh, to this podcast. And um, also, again, wherever you get your podcast shows, you should be able to find Mind Mending in the Net. Now, if you have any suggestions um, on topics, you can definitely submit those. And or if you have any questions, uh, whether it's relative to whatever episode, please make sure that you uh, email me at mindmendinginthenet at gmail.com. All one word, mindmendinginthenet at gmail.com. And I also want to open it up if you want to be interviewed. On on this uh, podcast, you can also email me and let me know. Um, But please, please make sure you subscribe and let your friends know that this podcast is on the air. So thanks for listening again. And we will see you next time on Mind Mending in the Net. Take care, guys.